Hey everybody, it's Rev DDT, right here sitting in my bedroom, and I'm kicking back at this morning, it's right now, it's 10 a.m., Mountain Standard Time, Boise, Idaho, and it is, I don't know what it is outside, it's crazy out there right now, but I believe the sun will shine today. <clears throat> Day four yesterday, when it was inverted, I walked outside and took my hand and paintbrushed up the sky and said, oh, it's going to be like this tomorrow, and guess what, it was like that yesterday. And I got to go for a walk. Thank God. I needed to. I needed to get out of the house, man. I was getting stir crazy. I needed to just get out, walk the neighborhood, walk out, get some exercise. My I had restless leg syndrome while I was sitting in my chair. Not while I sleep, but while I was sitting in my chair watching TV. My legs are like bouncing and I'm just jiggling my feet. I'm like, ah, I gotta go crazy because I gotta walk. I know it's pinned up energy, right? Yeah. You know, getting out and exercising is a good thing. And uh, if you, uh, Oh, hey, here's a nice little one for you. Go to Planet Fitness if you need a really inexpensive, quick jump in there, get into the gym and get out quick thing. You know, uh, they got a lot of exercise equipment in there. I walk by those that place every once in a while. I'm over here in the Hillcrest Shopping Center when I'm doing my shopping down there in the Hillcrest Shopping Center or walking in that area or driving. And I noticed that there is, um, oh, there's peak times to their businesses too. So, you know, I mean, if you like off lot and if you're doing remote work, you can go like different times during the day, like three o'clock, there's hardly anybody in there, but, um, you know, or, 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 or a little earlier than that too, or whatever. But anyway, um, or in the morning, if you like to work out, go at like nine instead of eight or go like freaking 10 instead of nine, you know, depends on who was in there and how busy it is, but yeah, they got peak times just like the mall does or anything else. So, um, Planet Fitness, um, 10 bucks for a membership and you don't have to fill out any contracts and uh, it's really easy to get it going there. Just pay 10 bucks and work out for a month and you don't have to freaking come back next month if you don't want to or whatever. They got a lot of uh, aerobic equipment in there and there's my plug for uh, Planet Fitness and there's my uh, public service announcement. Go work out. It'll make you feel better. You'll have a better life. There you go. It says on my one of my apps I have on my phone. I guess I'm not done with public service announcement. My app I have on my phone here, which I'm using for Anchor.fm to do this podcasting broadcast today. So anyway, um, um, my it's King Brain app, and it's uh, for walking, right? It's a pedometer. Pedometer, pedometer, that sounds weird. <laughs> it's pedometer. It's one of those ped things, man. You go for a walk, and it like, measures everything for you. Yeah, you know, how many steps you took, how many miles you want to walk, and, you know. So anyway, it's great. I love that freaking app, but that app... Uh, uh, that app is a very wonderful app and I like it. It works really well and it, um, keeps me encouraged to go walk. So like I look at the app and I'm like, Oh, I only got 33 steps in today because I sat on my ass and did nothing because it was raining outside or snowing like crazy or it was too freaking cold to walk out there and endure it. And, uh, you know, and so, uh, sat here and didn't do nothing. It's not like I didn't do anything because I played the guitar all day and stuff like that, you know, and worked on music, did some stuff, worked on ways to record in case I lose a way to record. I can have another way to record, you know, so you have backup recording ideas and stuff like that. Worked all those bugs out because I'm getting ready to do some recording here pretty soon and I've been playing my guitar and worked on that because I just got a new guitar and then apps and stuff like that here a few months back and, um, you know, over, over the last year, um, I picked these things up as I go, uh, save a little bit of money here and there and it, and it adds up, you know. Um, sometimes, uh, sometimes it, it just miraculously adds up too. Sometimes it'll just like freaking multiply on me and I'm like, oh, I get this extra 50 bucks for this come from or extra hundred bucks or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, and I'm just going to roll with it. Go with the flow. So what's this podcast about today? This is about dreams coming true, but also about responsibility and also about freaking doing the right thing too when you need to do the right thing, when the wrong things are going on and also, you know, standing up and doing the right thing when the wrong things are going on. And this is also about doing these things and doing it by the spirit of God, being directed by God. This is going to give you some information that you're going to need to have. Uh, if you don't understand how to walk with God, this will help you to understand how to walk with God because every one of these testimonies and every one of these stories and every one of these podcasts I'm doing, it, it, you know, it's 
except for maybe the rants a little bit. Well, some of the rants too, because you get stuff out of those too. And don't, don't, don't dive into the toxic pool of those rants because it's just me letting off steam and opening my heart up and doing what Jesus told me to do when we started this podcast, when I started praying about this years back, you know, 15 years ago or more about doing this and how I was going to do it and having a free hosting, like just everything that's going on with this podcast is all, is all God related. It's all completely a, a prayer answered. And um, even the increase, just had an increase of, of people, uh, of audience and people coming to the podcast. More people are coming now. More people are actually, I got built. The audience is starting to build. You never despise small beginnings because the small beginnings, even especially if you know it was God's, God's will that brought you, that, that brought all this to fruition, whatever it is. And this is going to be a cool story because you're going to, you're going to love this story. So back in the day, no, we're not going to go that far back. We're just going to go back a few years. Okay. Go back into the 90s. So you remember how the 90s were kind of crazy, kind of fun, kind of not fun. You know, some crazy shit happening, some bad stuff happening, some good stuff happening. I'm going to move this uh, mic stand a little bit. So if you hear that, there you go. So I got my phone like, I got these two hands. I taped it to my mic stand and it's fucking holding my mic, my phone. You know, it's like a phone holder thing. It's just two rubber, uh, they're, they're plastic hands that kind of they're all stuck together. Anyway, I taped it there and it's holding my phone and it's sitting right in front of me. I got my computer open. It's in front of me because we're going to talk about God. We're going to talk about Jesus and we're going to talk about some stuff out of the Gospel of John. And we're going to talk about this, uh, this situation that I got myself into and needed to do something about um, and how it all came to fruition and um, how God was with me every step of the way and how I knew that it was God even if everybody else didn't agree. Okay, and um, and how when I followed through, the fruit of the doing of that satisfied uh, it, it changed the situation in front of everybody's eyes and caused the people that were seeing the situation to go, oh my God, I'm so sorry I even said anything to you about that. I didn't realize you were actually following God. A couple of them didn't. Some of the other ones apologized. They just said sorry about that, man. We didn't mean to, you know, get in your business and stuff. But um, you know what you're doing, obviously. So here we go. So over the years, I developed friendships with people, and I develop uh, crowds, crowded friendships. Like I'll have like a lot of people in a, in a friendship sometimes, like thirty or forty people, you know. And uh, um, and sometimes in those friendships, there's, but there's always this little small group that it starts with. It's always this small group of dudes or a couple couple gals and a couple guys, you know, my boyfriend girlfriends hanging out together, and you know, and and, and couples and and, and and or more than a couple couples, like four or five couples hanging out together or something like that, right? Or just a group of guys. Well, this is a group of guys I started hanging out with, man, because I was guy I was working with when I was doing construction. I was giving him a ride to work every morning, and we became fucking tight friends, and we still are. And I've seen him. When they did the windows of our house, my mom's house here, I seen him because he came out to do the windows, and there he was. I was like, I rack him out. It was like freaking just like, no, it was timeless. Like, we never even missed each other. Like, we hadn't been apart for 20 years or whatever, you know. So this happened back in the 90s when I come back from Chicago. I was living there for, for a few years, man, and um, in the uh, 88 to 92, and I came back in 93, I moved to the north end of Boise. I was living on the south end. That's where mom's house at. That's where I'm at right now. But I moved to the north end, um, and mainly it was because... Um, my buddy that was living down there, I was picking him up in the morning. I didn't want to have to drive down there and yo-yo and go back out. And I also love the north end of Boise because of all the trees. I just, I'm in love with trees. I love trees. I just, I, I'm, I love the, I love the, I, I love freaking um, um, the environment. I love the environment. I take care of the environment. I love it, man. Freaking, I know I have a good relationship with plants and animals. I have a good relationship with most people too. Um, don't always have a good relationship with some people, but that's okay. You know, I'm, I still freaking work. Well, I'll still work with them. I'm still, you know, I'm still friends with everybody. Be friendly with everybody, you know. Even if I got the crap beat out of me by somebody, it's still my, you know, if it was my friend or not, I was still kind to him, 
you know, I'm still nice to him, I'm still kind to him, I'm not like freaking, there's only one person I don't want to be kind to, and I'm, I'm working on that one right now, <laughs> okay, and that, that uh, and I'm not going to tell you who that is, so, it's just, it's nobody you know, well, it's, it's somebody everybody knows, but it's nobody nobody knows, so, you know, except for his own family, they don't, they're the only ones that know him, but, um, I just, I just, I just want to just hurt that person so bad, and, um, and uh, anyway, I'm working on that, because I'm still immature in some areas of my life too, just like you all are, just like we all are, human experience right okay yes let's get on with it okay i forgive this person for what they've done i do and it wasn't to me directly it was to it was indirectly but i forgive them what they've done i've done some freaking way heinous things that i should never have gotten forgiveness for and god's forgiven me so i can't even hang on to stinking stuff like that anyway i've got no reason and no right to and i uh, definitely want to be able to uh you know you know do the right thing and in God's eyes and what Jesus preached and he preached to forgive and I that's one of his highest marks of preaching is his forgiving it all comes back to that man because God's forgiven us of such great things things we're not even aware of sometimes stuff we are aware of you know and um, so on with this so anyway back in the 90s I uh, made some friends these guys right and we're living on the north end together got a couple houses together got you know got going on we were doing everything together we were and uh, uh, it went from me and this one guy to me and this other guy this one guy and then me and this other guy so there was four of us then then there was five of us then there was six of us then there was seven of us then there was eight of us but those four of us that started off originally that they started off with three but we gained another that those four but the three of us me John me Andrew and Sean we're hanging out together, and John became part of that. John was the guy we picked up like in, into the into the freaking summer that just became friends with us, and we all became really tight friends. And so we all did everything together. We rock climbed together. Actually, John had all the equipment to rock climb. Me and Sean went out and bought a bunch of equipment when we went and saw the the movie uh, Cliffhanger on a rain day because we worked outside. We were construction workers, and so we went on a rain day to go see. So we went and saw the movie Cliffhanger. I was waiting for the rain stuff, so we went and saw Cliffhanger and freaking it was still raining. So we went after that. We went to um, REI and a couple other stores, Benchmark and some other ones, and bought a bunch of freaking rock climbing gear. Didn't even know what we were doing, but we were so pumped up. We wanted to do it, and we did do it too. We did it for like quite a few years. It was awesome. And uh, for, we, we climbed all over the place. We went all, we traveled around and climbed. We tra climbed all over Idaho. It's right here, just here in Boise, there's freaking places to climb. Just right outside. Yeah, nice. Big cliffs out here. Rock the salt lava, man. Freaking, there's granite not too far from here. There's freaking all kinds of stuff, man, to climb. There's all kinds of places to climb here. We live at the foot of the Rockies. The foot of the Rockies. We don't, we're not the Rockies. We live at the foot of the Rockies, which Idaho is one giant rock, according to one of my friends from Montana. And it is. It's a rock here. It's a giant rock. Big old jump, jump state, rocks, all kinds of, anyway, so, so here we are, freaking traveling around doing stuff together, we're doing all this stuff, and we decided to do uh, Oregon Country Fair, which is a freaking hippie fest, it's great, big drum show, a lot, I mean a lot of drums, we were in the biggest, the biggest drum circle I've ever been in, and I counted the heads, and there was at least 400 people there, main people there, and you know, out of that 400, 300 of them were playing drums, and I am not kidding you, it was powerful, and I've been in, that was the biggest, there were more. There were more drum circles. I, those years, we were drum, doing drum circles, all kinds of stuff. We got inspired by all this stuff. We was also um, hanging around with the band, the tourists, who were doing a lot of great, you know, they did a lot of dance music, Grateful Dead, stuff from the 70s and 80s and 60s, uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, Dead, Doors, you name it, anything you can dance to, they were there playing. And, and we and we became friends. We were all friends. I went to school with a couple of the guys and freaking, uh, or one of the guys, and um, and we all became friends. We were hanging around together. So we, you know, our crowd's getting bigger. We were all traveling around together doing stuff, right? So we did the Grateful Dead. We did uh, the Dead Show. We all hung out, went to the Dead Show together. But the four of us were always doing stuff together. I had a girlfriend at the time, so she was always with us too. 
And uh, so it was like five of us, really. Um, but the four of us, us guys, we did freaking went mountain biking everywhere. We did everything together. Okay, so anyway. So one night we were downtown in Boise and we were, they were doing the on the they were doing stuff there and there on the Grove, right? And playing music, live music. And we were and um we went down there, we took our drums and we did a drum circle before that, and a bunch of people gathered. There's about twenty of us playing drums down there before the band started playing. And when the band started playing, it was Hoy Ploy and we hung out with them for a while. They were all good friends. We're all good friends with a lot of the bands here in the city and stuff and at that time and um I know a lot of musicians here in the city, but um at that time I was friends with a lot of the bands and stuff and uh we just hang around and doing things and dancing and just partying and playing with the bands and go out and playing stuff and play hand drums or whatever with it with the with the bands that had hand drums and I got to play with a few of the bands and travel around a little bit play with some of them and I, and um anyway uh after the girl thing was over with at about nine o'clock at night the parks weren't closed yet because it was still dark uh, it was still light outside it wasn't dark yet so uh, I was about the 839 we took off and went down to the park so we wanted to do a drum circle but got ran out of the freaking grove because it was too loud and so <laughs> yeah they came told us that we had to leave so we left we said yeah there's a lot of families here you guys might want to take off so we took off so we went down we were like where are we gonna go so hey let's go to the band show at the park at julie davis park so we went down there that was my idea Okay, so we hawked out now. It was only a few blocks away, so we went down there. And it started off with just five of us. That was it. And uh, we were playing bands. It started raining, so we jumped up in the band shell itself, you know, because they got an amphitheater there. So we jumped up in that little amphitheater and started playing. And fuck, it was awesome. We had a great night. We just sat there and hung out until freaking dark, and we left, went back home, walked back home. We didn't live very far from there. See, the whole idea of living downtown, down on the north end, was I could go downtown with my friends, hang out with them, go do stuff with them. I'd be right in the same neighborhood. I wouldn't have to freaking drive down to pick up Sean for work and then go out to work. Um, you know, it was just convenient. It was really convenient. And it was nice. I had a blast. I love living on the north end. I love the north end of Boise. It's, it's really cool down there. I started, that's where I started my growing up at. I was on the north end. I was a north ender. And then uh, we moved south, and then pff, everything went weird. Bullies entered my life. All kinds of crap started happening. So anyway, we get down there and we played. So anyway, that started. That was the first night. It was really cool. It was, it was a beautiful thing. We were all encouraged. We, when, we, when we were together doing stuff together, it was very. We had a lot of spiritual moments. A lot of really cool stuff that happened to us, and a lot of very. Um, and we were learning a lot from one another too, as, as experiencing life and, and doing and having discoveries and stuff. And it was wonderful. You know, that's how it should be with friends, right? Now it happens with a lot of my friends. I guess we always have adventures, man. And uh, they'll tell you, and I'll tell you the same thing, man. Fucking our lives are always adventures when we were together. And so anyway, one day we were um, uh, down there playing and some other friends showed up and they went down there. And then pretty soon some other people started. We started gathering on Wednesday nights down there. We just started gathering there. And pretty soon it turned into a bunch of people from freaking five of us to freaking 30 in just a few, few you know, just a few night, you know, a few Wednesday nights. Pretty soon we were going down there on Thursday nights too and we were playing and we are playing and doing drums. And it turned into a Wednesday and Thursday night thing. Pretty soon, there was like 50 people, maybe more. Pretty soon, it just became the Wednesday night thing. People stopped, stopped coming down Thursdays, and so did we. But we started getting busy, and we kind of had to leave it, you know. But we you know, we would stop in every once in a while, and it'd be fun. As the years went on, it just kept going, and I got too busy. So did John and Andrew and all of us. We just kind of went in our different directions. And, you know, you know how friends are. We, we get, Some of us get married. Some of us move to another city. Some of us just, uh, we just get too busy, you know. And, uh, you know, a lot of paths just take us wherever they take us, right? So, you know, I'm doing my path, and I'm, I'm freaking cruising along. I'm doing my life, you know, I'm doing my thing. And I ended up, ended up uh, friend of meeting, meeting this guy, and this, uh, this good, cool, really cool guy early on in, in 92. But, um, and I worked out with him, Mitch Hodge. He's a really cool friend. He's a good guy. I love the brother. Man, he's my brother, man. He lives in Burley now, and he's been there since, oh, since when I moved here. It was back in 2003. I moved here, and he moved to Burley. 
I was in, uh, I mean, moved here to this house and where I'm sitting out in this room is what I'm saying. You guys can't see me, so you guys can't know that, so I have to explain that to you. But here we go. So we're down there. I'm down here, and he comes, me and him started hanging out together, man, over a few years. And after the other, others, you know, uh, my life just kind of spun back around. I saw him at the gym one time. We started hanging out together again. And pretty soon, we we're like just buddies, buddies, and hanging out, right? And he says, I got a friend of mine that's got this church down in Garden City. You want to go down there? And I was like, yeah, let's go check it out. So we went down to Garden City. And I fell in love with the place because they had a food bank, and they were helping the homeless. And that's my heart, man. I love the homeless. I love helping the homeless. Um, the people that need the most prayer, the most freaking help are the homeless. You know, you think that, you know, you think, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people need help and stuff. Yeah, but the homeless, come on, man. Think about it, people. And we're, all these agencies are helping everybody else. All this money goes to helping all these other freaking problems we got, right? But how much money is really going to helping the homeless? Not much. And they leave it up to the church to do that. And the church is like, you know, because the church sets up mission for the homeless, mission for the people that are poor for the poor. Why is that? Because it's on our hearts. Because it was, so it goes all the way back. God loves the poor. God is for the poor. He's for the poor. You know how much, I'll tell you what, you go study the scriptures. He says a lot about freaking the poor and it's all good. Not, and not very much good is said about the rich or those that are, that are freaking, uh, you know, bringing harm to the poor. He says a lot worse about that. You know, it's all about that, man, in a lot of ways. Jesus, his own mission ministry was to poor. Who do you think he came to? Those of us that are poor of spirit. He even says that right here. You know, if you go, look at, I'm going to read you something right now. Listen to this. This is all part of the story, man. Listen to this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so Jesus comes and he's preaching stuff, right? He's preaching and teaching. He says a lot of stuff, man. He says, see the multitude. Now, I'm reading this out of Matthew 5. You see the multitude, all the people gathering around him. He went up on the mountain. Now, he's going around. People that are coming to him were not the, there, there were some wealthy and some that, but mostly it was the poor. But if you're poor, you're, and we're all poor in spirit. He opened up his mouth and he taught him, saying, these blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hey, meditate on that for a while. I've been meditating on that for years, and I've discovered some things about that that are very interesting. We can talk about that one of these days, but not today, though. Blessed are those who mourn for those who be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry, and are, excuse me, hunger and a thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they will obtain mercy. See how this mercy begets mercy, judgment begets judgment. Well, you can see that right here in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now, how am I gonna, I've seen God, but I, how can I, I'm not pure in heart. I know I'm not. How is that even possible? Oh, yeah, the Christ. Christ. We're going to talk about that in a minute. How does Christ make us pure in heart when we're not pure in heart? When we're not pure in our actions a lot of times. Wouldn't that be not pure in heart? Pure in actions? Because our actions come from our heart. They originate from our heart. They really do. Jesus even said that. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll, see the son, they'll be called the sons of God. Now, I've always been a peacemaker. And they've only been called the Son of God once. <laughs> and we got a lot of other things, though. <laughs> Including Son of a... You know, I won't get into that right now. But uh, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for they'll be... There's the kingdom of heaven. Well, yay! Because I've been persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are they... Listen to this. This is one that got me, man. When I was... Blessed are they when they revile and persecute you, saying all kinds of evil against you, falsely for my namesake. Now, I've had people say some things falsely against me lots, a lot of time, all, off and on all through my life. I've had people doing shit like that over the years, and they, they don't do that anymore because, you know, quite frankly, they just uh, back off now because um, they understand there's, you know, they, they, they're not going to break through my freaking shell, man. They're not going to break through the freaking shield of faith I got either. Um, and it doesn't matter what they say. Words don't, they don't hurt me. You, know, you can call me a bitch, call me a fucking asshole, get in my face, do all kinds of stuff, but as soon as you touch me, uh, it's going to be different. It's going to be real different. You may get hit the first time. I'll turn my cheek the first time. I may turn it two, twice. 
It depends on how, how good of friends we are. If we're good friends, then I won't hit you unless you keep pushing it. Then I will. Keep touching me. Keep Just keep touching me. Because I, I, for some reason, I just don't, uh, I don't know what happened to me in my past, one of my past lives, but I think I got hung. Because I'll I tell you what, man, I feel like sometimes I got a rope around my neck. You know, sometimes. And I'm really touchy when people touch me, man, like that. You push me once or twice. You push me once, you might get your fingers broken. I know how to break them real quick and real fast, and I can get a hold of them really quick. I'm very, very defensive over my chest and my areas. I use my hands really well, and I can block punches and grab you and, and twist your hand around and throw you across the room because I know Aikido, too, as well. Very good at it. I don't use it, but I can. And um, a lot of people don't know these kind of things. Now, you fuck, I don't know these things about you. Uh, so I don't touch nobody unless they give you a hug. You know, hey, brother, come on. You. No big deal, man, but I don't poke people. I don't, when I get pissed off and, and I'm up in their face talking to them, confronting them about whatever the hell they did that's pissed me off, I'm trying to find some freaking level ground. I'm not going up there to fight. I'm just want to, I just want to know what happened, and I want to know where we can find some, you know, some ground we can both stand on, you know, balance, you know, even ground. You know, I will not poke you or touch you. No, I won't touch you. You don't touch me. I won't touch you. See, I treat people the way I want to be treated. Don't touch me. I don't want to touch you. I don't want to be touched. See, that's the way it should be, right? But a lot of times people just take it too far. And they want to start poking you in the chest. Some of these big fuckers, man, that are bigger and taller than me, think that they can freaking throw me around. Uh -huh. You don't know what you're dealing with, man. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's in the side of this person. That's why I tell people don't fuck with me. They don't know what fucking comes up. They don't know what happens when I get unhooked. And I'm not, I don't black out either. I know exactly what I'm doing. It's, 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 it's I just let go. I allow my body, I would doll. I allow my body, what Bruce Lee said. Wood doll. Turn yourself a doll made of wood. You no ego, no it's not grasp your sticky. Your hands and your limbs will follow the flow. They'll follow the flow. They know what to do already. I, I mean I, I said that wrong, but it's the same principle though, is what I'm saying. I, I paraphrased it, is what I'm saying. If like, your hands and your limbs know already know what they're gonna do. Already know what to do. They're already conditioned to do that. You've already been practicing. You know, you've already been doing your your skill sets, you've already been doing your your homework, you know, so to speak. So blessed are they who persecute you and reveal your friend. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for the your for your reward is in, in heaven. For they and for they persecuted the prophets who were so you know they so for the, so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And you know, they persecuted the prophets, man. They freaking stoned them to death and shit. You should hear. Go read the Fox's Book of Martyrs book, man. That'll blow your mind. You know they haven't done that to me yet. I've prophesied and got fucking beat down for it, but my prophesy when I prophesied was one hundred percent right, and it came to pass. I got beat down for it. They kicked me away for it, man. Kicked me away for a few things, different times. You know? So anyway, we're going through life here, man. I'm sitting there. You know, all this stuff is matters. You know, all these things matter. Blessed are you if you're poor in spirit. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means to me in some ways. And, and, and see if you can find something else it means. But check this out. Not only are we receiving the kingdom of heaven, because poor in spirit means you realize that you're... Blessed are those that are poor in spirit. When you're poor in spirit, you know it. You're deficient and you know it. Well, who would you cry out for? God's help. If nobody else will help you, that's what poor in spirit means. You have no helper at all. You have nobody to help you at all. And as a matter of fact, you're like probably going to die or you feel like you want to die. That right there, poor in spirit to me, is the freaking monster we deal with a lot of times called freaking um, uh, depression. That I've been calling depression. The monster depression. Poor in spirit, man. That's depressed. Meekness isn't depressed. That's self-depression. That's actually called humility. You know, blessed are those who are humble for they own inherit the kingdom of heaven. You can say the same thing. Humble, meek, same thing. You know, 
poor in spirit's a whole different category. That's like freaking having bullies in your life. That's like having freaking so many bullies. That's like you said, even one bully could be doing it. But it's poor in spirit, you're downtrodden. You know, blessed are the downtrodden for little inherit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You already have the kingdom of heaven. It's already yours. You know, call on Jesus, man. Let me let me read some things to you too as we go here. Now, so we're going through life here, and I'm and I'm finding these things about about you know stuff, and I'm thinking, okay, so I'm on cruising along here, and I go to this church, you know, and I, I fall in love with this church. So I start going there and hang out there, and then things fall apart after a few years, and then I go on, I move on, I go to an, uh, you know, come here to heal because I, I got really super sick from. A lot of stuff just happened all at once and freaking too much. And I got sick, got bed sick, freaking was dying uh, from all the stuff that was going on uh, with my body too. Because that's mental issues, uh, med medical issues, mental mental and medical. Things overcome, praying, spent a lot of time praying. Got to go to heaven a couple times. Got to go to hell once. Got to see some other things. Got to go have out-of-body experiences after a few years. And healed, I'm healed now and all this stuff's all behind me. So it's all good. As I was going through this, I was going to this church, and I was hanging out there. I was going to these Bible studies, and all of a sudden, one day, this guy comes in there, and it was about 2002, and he comes in, and he says to me, he says to us, he goes, man, yes, he was going down there with Julia Davis Park, and I said, what's going on down there? You know, I loved Julia Davis Park. I've loved it ever since I was a kid. I always will, always have. I was spending a lot of time in Julia Davis Park, and uh, when I was a kid, teenager, and, you know, this is where I, like, used to lay on the grass with my mom and look at the clouds, stare at the clouds on the blanket. We'd lay on the blanket. My mom, my little brother would be laying there, too, but he'd be sleeping. And she'd be, like, looking. She'd say, oh, you see that face in the clouds? I'd be like, yeah. You see that, you see that clown, you know? Or you see the cow in the clouds? Or you see the fish? Or whatever, you know? I go out and see shit in the clouds all the time still because of that. Even more so because I do artwork, you know? <laughs> the more I do artwork, the more animated my dreams. They'll be half and half. But the more animation enters my dreams and the more freaking shit I see in the clouds. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I see all kinds of stuff, man. All the time. Take Look at my f photographs of the clouds, and you'll see faces and stuff in there, too. I think mean, some of them will say, see all the faces? Well, look, you'll see them, you know. <laughs> see lots of them, you know. See sheep, see freaking fish, saw scorpions, saw freaking... I saw Robin... Two days after Robin Williams passed away, I was so sad that he passed away. I, was, I, I, I admit that I do cry, and because things do touch my heart, because I got a freaking heart, man. And if shit don't touch your heart, man, you're cold, man. You want cold son of a man. Whoosh. Well, I don't know about you, man. But shit touches my heart, man. It gets to me. And I was weeping, and I was sad, and I was just sitting there, and I was sitting on the porch drinking a cup of coffee or something. I think it was back when I was drinking coffee. And he passed away back in, like, what, 2016 or something like that, or before that, or after. I don't remember which exactly. But anyway, a cloud floats by, and it's Robin Williams' freaking head. You remember the movie the, where he was a floating head? Uh, Vaughn, what was that fucking uh, the guy? Yeah, shit, man. What was that movie called, man? Where he was a talking head, the floating head, and then you know, Robert Williams was Vaughn, freaking something or other. Um, fuck, uh, you'll come to me. That, that, that's a that's that was a cool movie, man. Um, the guy gets shot out of it. The first scene, the guy gets shot out of a cannon across the freaking battlefield. Uh, he's hanging out of a cannonball. You saw across the It was a really crazy movie, but it's the adventures of this freaking this dude. It was done back in the freaking 1600 or something like that. Setting was a 1600 or something like that. It was a really cool movie. Anyway, that's the freaking the floating head, man. I saw I go by my freaking house with a giant cloud. And I mean, still the size of my house, and it was distinctly Robin Williams. And I took pictures of it, and it's on one of my websites somewhere. Maybe it's at like the Opera website where they have photos and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, it's kind of cool. 
but I still have it on disc. I saw it the other day. I was looking at it on my discs. Things start, man. We start things sometimes, and things can go good. And it was going good when we left that. And what my friend said to me startled me. He says this. He goes, you ain't going to believe this, man, but they're having freaking, there's a huge gathering down there at freaking Dilly Davis Park, and it happens every Wednesday night. And that keep me in a little bit more. And he goes, and, you know, people come down there playing drums and stuff, but he says they're having, they're having fights breaking out. Um, somebody freaking, uh, some people have been hurt really bad down there. Um, it, and it happens every Wednesday night. Cops have been down there quite a few times to break it up. Um, but people still keep gathering there. It's turned into just a freaking huge, giant drug freaking exchange and gang fights. And it's just turned into a bunch of gang stuff. And so I thought, what the hell? Uh, that doesn't sound right. Because that's not what we left. When we, the drum stuff, that all caught me. And I was like, man, I felt respons- started feeling responsible for this. So I went down just to, just to see. So I'd go down there and I'd sit there and I'd walk around and, and check it out and walk through the people and stuff. And I'd see some of my old friends down there and stuff. And they were like, hey, man, how's it going? And then they'd look around and they'd say, and I'd go, I'd go, what the hell's going on here? This isn't right. People are trashing the place. They were trashing, leaving trash behind. They're freaking uh, just t- turning the grass into a mud freaking bath in this one area. Um, they were freaking trashing the bathrooms. They were fighting. It stunk like it smelled so bad down there. It was gross. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It smelled so bad. And that, the zoo's not too far from there where the band shell's at. And it don't even smell. You can't even smell the zoo unless you walk up to it. This stunk. I mean, it was gross. It smelled like a freaking, well, it wasn't a pig farm. I know I've shoveled pig shit before, so I know what that smells like. It wasn't a pig farm. Uh, Step uncle had a pig farm. Long story. Anyway, <laughs> a long time ago. Check it out, though, man. It was bad, and I was watching. So I would, I'd go down there every Wednesday night, and I'd watch this. I'd sit in my car and watch, and then I'd come home, and I'd, I'd just freaking get on my face and pray and ask God for help. Uh, what, what can I do? I'm responsible for this. I started this, and look what it's turned into. And people were, I mean, literally fighting. It was really bad. I mean, I saw some freaking straight out freaking bad fights. You know, I mean, talking blood, ambulances showed up, freaking cops showed up, broke everybody up. And I was watching this shit from my car going, what the fuck, man? This is not what we started, because what we started was peaceful and loving. It was kind. It was it was gen- it was loving. It was all about love, and now it's turned into this freaking hell. It's turned into freaking right on the edge of hell. Yeah, you know, we're on the foyer of hell now, and this is what it looks like. <laughs> and it was just fucking gross. And if you've ever been to the, have you ever? Did you guys? Okay, if you're living in the Boise area and you ever went to, did you guys remember when the Rainbow Festival came here? Did you go up to Bear Valley and look at that after the aftermath from that? It was horrible. Now I've been up to Bear Valley a few times since then. It's beautiful up there now. It's been restored. It's good and great. I'm glad we went up there and cleaned it all up. But fuck, what a mess. What a slobby freaking... Talk about... Okay, so the rainbow people are all about freaking eco, the ecology, you know, the ecosystem, and all about clean earth and freaking, you know, and, and, and recycling and all that crap. And then they left that. They left that freaking... We'll never have them back here again. They're not invited here again. And the reason why is because of the aftermath of what they left. But it was horrible. We were, I went up there a couple of times to that festival, just walked through there to see what it was like. It was horrible. It was really horrible. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God, man. This is not good. This is really bad, you know. If anybody needs help, Jesus, these people need help, man. You know, they need help. They need to understand, you know, that taking care of the earth is our, you know, and, and by preaching it and acting like it, that's, it doesn't do it. You got to go out and do it. You got to put your freaking feet in there and do it. So I had to take responsibility for this. I had to do something about this. I knew this, man, at the time. It was on my heart. So I started praying and I had, God gave me the answer. And uh, so I started doing what he told me to do. I'm sorry, I'm sitting up a little close to my phone. I had an itch on my back. Okay, so I, what did I do? I did exactly what he told me to do, word for word, and it broke it completely apart within three months, the three months of summer. It was over with before the summer was over with, and it never happened, it still hasn't happened since. Stopped, went back to normal. 
families go down there they, on the, in the summer. There are festivals happening down there. Art festival happens right on that ground, and nobody knows. Nobody knows what I did down there. Nobody even knows, except for some of the people I told what I did because they, they said, "What are you doing?" When they walked up to me and was trying to figure out why I was sticking my freaking super soaker, you know, squirt gun in a freaking bucket of oil, you know, virgin olive oil, and soaking, putting that and putting that up, and going and walking out there because I took a couple of friends with me and they're like, "What are you doing?" I says, "Yeah, you'll see." And I walked around there and I prayed in tongues for hours. I did all this before I freaking super soaked it. He said super soaked the grass in this one area where it was all mudded out, where they had been trampling it and there were fights and stuff. And pray, pray for the spirit of peace to come down upon it. And I did. So now you guys know what I did. I also stuck my thumbs in the ground and prayed over two in four corners. And then one in the middle, like a like a start, like a like a dice, you know, on the on the on the side of five, where you know you got the five and you got the the four corners, the one in the middle. It says five. And he told us exactly what he told me to do, not because five is the number of grace or anything like that, but it's because of what he told me to do. He told me what to do, and I did it. One corner, stuck my thumb, prayed, walked to another corner, stuck my thumb, prayed. Why did I do that? Because he told me to. But how did I know anything was going to happen? Because I, I know by faith it was going to. But I also know by experience, because whenever I shoved my thumb into somebody's grass when it was dry in the summer, when they were watering the crap out of it, it came to life. That's why. Did it with our grass, turned it all green, still green. It's even in the winter, it's still green. You know, my mom hit it with some vitamins here a couple of years ago so it's you know for a few years and so it's gonna stay green for a long time but it stays green it doesn't it freaking walked up did i've done that to five yards and that freaking area of grass and every all five yards and that area of grass turn green and they stay green they're still green they can stay green even in the winter they don't die out they don't turn brown it's pretty crazy huh yeah well it's just what god told me to do i just do what he tells me to do and it happens see this is how it's supposed to be with every one of us jesus said some things and we're in here, and, and I'm going to talk to you about that, what he said here. We're in John right now, chapter 14. And I'm going to talk to you real quick here about a couple of things that he said. This is amazing, okay? So I'm going to jump down here to chapter, I'm in chapter 14. Now give me a second, because I'm going to look here. Okay, here we go. I'm going to jump down here to freaking chapter, uh, to verse 7. I'm going to start. So Jesus said this, he's in a fight. This in subtitle is the Father revealed. If you'd know me, you would know that fa- you'd know the Father also, and you'd know him, know that I have him, and and have seen him. You would know him, and I know I've seen. If he, and Philip said to him, one of his disciples, he said, "Show us the Father; it's sufficient for us." And Jesus said to him, "Have I been with you for so long that you've not known me, Philip? That you've seen that that he has seen the Father? Yeah, he's seen me, has seen the Father. Also, how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I I am in the Father, and the Father's in me?" And the works that I that I speak to you, I don't speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does this work. Believe in me that I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, or else believe for the fa- believe believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Okay? Some people will say, Well, it's not about the works. Well, you know what Jesus said, if you can't believe for you know what he's saying, believe just what he did. Just look at what he did. The fruit of his doing. That's what we were talking about, man. The fruit of my doing turned into a freaking bad thing, but with God's help, it turned it back right. Okay? Started off good, but it went bad. Some things, some things you can start you can go bad, right? You know that. You know that. We we all know that. So most certainly I say to he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do that, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. And when I check that out, it means anything. Anything means anything, people. Do you not know this? Even something that turns foul, you can get it to stop. 
I don't know how many times I've been in a situation where my friends, two friends, got in an argument. You know how brothers are. You know, hang out long enough, sometimes you get in an argument with some people. You know, freaking buttheads get in freaking arguments, almost a fist fight. And I opened my Bible up, didn't even know where it was at. This is early on, man. It's happened a few years back to you. I opened my Bible and just started reading out loud whatever scripture was there in front of me. The last, the first time it happened, I just I opened up to the book of freaking uh, uh, the book of Joshua or something. I started reading or somewhere. I don't even know where it was at. I just started reading and freaking uh, it didn't have anything to do with the situation, but it calmed everything down. As a matter of fact, they spun out, walked off away from each other. It just all of a sudden, just boom. I started reading and they just stopped. And they, and, they, and they split. They walked away from each other. And my one friend that was standing there goes, fuck, dude, that was a trip. He goes, when you started reading, I forgot exactly what we were. I, I completely forgot what we were arguing about. So I went to the, my other friend. You know, uh, I'm not going to say any names. I went to my other friend. I'm trying to say too many names here. But I went to my other friend, though, and I asked him, hey, man, fucking, are you okay? And he goes, dude, that was so weird, man. He said the same exact thing to me, word for word. As soon as you started reading, man, I forgot what I was freaking arguing about. I was like, whoa. That was cool. Thank you, Jesus, you know, walked up. Over the years, I've practiced that many times. Peacekeepers, come on, be a peacekeeper, man. I like being called the Son of God. Not that it's a prideful thing, but it's because um, I haven't always been called those things. I've always been called a lot of other things. You know, I like being a peacemaker because peace, with peace, you can do a lot more. With war, what happens? Life stops. Because we all die, right? And we're all dead, now what? Uh, oh, dude, nothing. We can't do shit, right? You ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray to the Father, and he'll give you a helper, that he may abide with you forever. And I've talked about this many times. The Spirit of Truth, who the world cannot receive because it can't see him, so they go by sight. We don't go by sight, we go by faith. We don't live by sight, we live by faith. And you neither can see him, and, but, but check this out. And it doesn't know him, because it can't see him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I leave you not, I, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. How is he going to come to us? Same way. Check it out. He tells us that right in the next verse. Next verse is right here. Next section of the verse. Next paragraph. Next paragraph, he says this. In verse 19, a little while longer, the world will see me, but she ain't going to see me. Uh, but she, uh, the world will, excuse me, a little while longer, a little while longer, the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, because I live, you will also live. And in that day, you will know that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me and that I am in you. Now, check it out. You just said it again. He's in us. How's he in us? He explained that to us before. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's not going to leave us orphans because his Spirit's going to dwell in us. His Spirit is the same Spirit that's in the Father. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They have the same Spirit. Holy Ghost. He's going to live in us by the Holy Ghost. This is how the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why when people say, well, if you ask Jesus to come into your life, this is what they're talking about. If you went in the book of Revelations, he's standing on the door of your heart, knocking on the door of your heart. He says that. I stand at the door and knock. It's the door of your heart. You stand at your door of your heart. You stand at your heart, knocking on your heart. I'm knocking at your door. Open up and let me in. I'll come in and sup with you. In other words, come in and hang out with you and have a feast. You know, cool stuff, you know, when you go hang out with your friends and have a feast, you know. Good things happen, you know. Why would you ever, anybody ever reject that? You're going to need him. You're going to need him. Can't stand the judgment on your own. God, if we could, none of us would be able to actually, we'd all be able to stand there and boast. But God took our boast away. He gave it to Jesus. Jesus can boast, but he's not going to because he's the son of God. He's not going to, he doesn't have a reason to boast. You know, he's not getting anything out of it. Most people boast because they're getting something out of it. Usually a high. I just told everybody, oh, they all think I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm the great man now. They put me on a pedestal. Yay. <laughs> That's our ego, man. Come on.
A little while longer, see you. The world won't see me. Okay, all right. Um, but you'll see me because you know me, and I will be, and I am in you. He who has my commandment and keeps them, it is he who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I dwelled on that right there, Matt, last part. Manifest myself to him. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean? I do one of the things that caught me, man, a long time ago, like freaking 30 years ago. I started freaking exploring that one. What does this freaking mean? I want to know. What are you talking about? Manifest yourself. You're going to show you just appear? Because he appeared to me when I was a teenager. When I was 14. That's why I when I got saved. He appeared. He appeared at the foot of my bed, walked around the side of my bed, sat down, actually knelt down, knelt down beside my bed, put his finger up to his lips and went, shh, and touched me on my forehead. And I, and then I was uh, confessing Jesus after that. So, you know, just he came in. And let him in. I asked him, if you're real, come in. I asked him, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, I was in a place, a really bad place. Sometimes he'll appear to children when they're in a bad place. And I was in a bad place. Okay? He's appeared to many other people, too. Many people, even not even children, adults, too, as well, as well as. I've seen him in heaven, and I've seen him here a few times, too. You know, I see him every once in a while. We hang out and do stuff every once in a while. He, he appears. We talk. But that manifestation isn't, he's not talking about appearing, although that is part of it, because it's in the description of manifest. You go look up the word, it's in that, it's in his description, but that's not what he's talking about. Literally, he's talking about, also, literally, but he's also talking about manifesting himself. You're going to know that it's Christ, and Christ is with you. You're going to know this, and it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to take faith to get there, but it's going to be beyond your faith. You're going to have a knowing. That's what he's talking about. You're going to have a knowing. Your faith is going to solidify, and believe me, it will. Don't give up. Don't give up. Take responsibility for things you've done that are screwed up and go fucking make them right if you can. Don't have to show penance to God because you receive Christ by grace. Your sins are forgiven. But the things that we do sometimes need to be undone. They need to be remedied to maybe stop something from further, from further destruction if there's some destruction that's been created by it. Or to bring harmony into a person's life or a family's life. If you ever wronged somebody and know you did but you never apologized to him for it but you felt like you should have. Go make that right right now, today, or whenever you can, as soon as you can. Get it right. Cut all the strings off because, you know what, people? We can't take any of this to heaven with us. Uh-uh. You can't take any of this to heaven with you, man. You can't. I'm, I'm going to end the broadcast right here because enough's been said, but I just wanted you guys, I just wanted to tell you this story. It was on my heart. God put it on my heart this morning. Wouldn't let me go. Go until I did it. And I was going to do it later on today. And he goes, no, you're going to do it right now. And I was like, all right. So I'm just following the Lord. There was some things I wanted to share with you. Um, and, but one of the main things is, is this. Is that Christ has not left us alone. That he has given us the helper, the Holy Spirit. And it's his indwelling within us that actually gives us the strength and power to do things. Who do you think got me out of my bed and kept me going when I was freaking ready to die and wanted to give up and just, hey man, I was thinking about freaking, thinking about freaking overdosing or freaking getting a pistol and freaking blowing my brains out or getting a shotgun and blowing my head off. I had been thinking about that off and on over the years, you know, and who do you think kept me away from doing that? Who do you think kept me away from doing that and kept me going? Convinced me that life was worth living. It was God all the way. That's why he's my best friend. And he should be your best friend too. Listen, there's more important things in life than than freaking money. There's more important things in life than, um, yeah, a lot more important. Things. Health is one thing. It's more important than money, you know. Yeah, if you don't have health, you can't even make money, you know. Believe me, I know that one. I learned that lesson the hard way, you know. There's more important things. There's more important things than there is family too, and that's God. Period. That's it. God, 
Yeah, you know what? Take care of yourself, too, because you can't have a family unless you take care of yourself. Sure, you can, you're born into a family, but I mean, you can't have your own extended family. You can't have a wife and kids unless you actually have a way to actually do that. Take care of yourself. Take, love God with all your heart, all your strength, all your might, all your will, everything. Give everything to God, and God will give everything to you. Period. Draw close to Him and draw close to you. Whatever you give to God, you're going to get back. And sometimes God will have you give it to people. You may not know that. You may not think that. But you, you'll see that as you go. Because what did Jesus do? His ministry was to people. Not to animals. Not to birds. Not to freaking plants. Not to the dirt of the ground. He used those things to talk in his parables and teach people. So that's what he loves. And he loves you. And God loves you so much. God bless you. Have a great grace-filled day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, baby. All over your life, have a wonderful day. Gold and silver come to you. Life come to you. Favor of God come upon you. And may you May you always be in the place where you glorify God with your life, your words, your will, your emotions. May you always love God with your whole heart, and may you be blessed. May his face shine upon you and give you favor everywhere you go. God bless you. Don't touch your dial. We'll be right back. Yahoo! Ram DDT, Universal Broadcast, Broadcasting Live Across the Universe. This is Ram DDT. <laughs> I still like that one. I like that one the best, I think. Bye, baby. <laughs>